He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 61 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast's Masters Special. So after 51 weeks, 360 days since Bubba Watson placed the famous green jacket upon his shoulders, it's that time of year again that golf fanatics and azalea watchers all turn their collective attention to the small quiet area of Georgia in the United States for what has become the most anticipated major in golf. The gates are going to be thrown open once again at the bottom of Magnolia Lane for the 98 competitors from 25 different countries across the world who will descend on Augusta National Golf Club to pit their wits and test their ability against some of the most famous holes in golf. After the honorary starters on Thursday morning, the hopes, dreams and aspirations of all the competitors will be tested at the 79th Masters. That We will all be gripped by the highs and lows and we will be watching every agonising putt as if it was ourselves playing. And so with the wait almost over, and there are so many, many questions that are needing to be answered, and today we will attempt to give you our opinion of who will, late on Sunday night, stand victorious in Butler's cabin, being handed their Masters green jacket from Bubba Watson and be crowned the Masters Champion of 2015. As always, I'm James Richardson, and I want to welcome you to a very special Masters, a good talk spoiled. Sadly, Will Griffith isn't with us today, as he's currently out searching for a golf swing that seemed to elude him on Saturday. But fear not, as I'm joined by the always knowledgeable and always wonderful Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. He's also promised that he's only going to mention Henrik Stenson roughly 148 times throughout this show but uh, far more importantly and absolutely brilliantly we'd like to welcome a very special friend and regular contributor to the show Steve Bamford from golfbettingsystems.co.uk who most of you have heard before and will be joining us now to look over the Masters tournament and to decide who will be crowned Masters Champion 2015 in what is possibly the greatest golf tournament bar none in professional golf. So uh, I want to welcome Steve Bamford from golfbettingsystem.co.uk. You can get him on Twitter at Bamford Golf and also at Golf Betting. Steve, it's a pleasure to welcome you again to a Good Talk Spoiled. Hi James, hi Barry, how are you guys going? Good, good thanks. Look, um, let's just start off straight into the Masters because that's what people want to hear. Is this where where do you rank this as a tournament for you, both in the majors and just general tournaments? As far as major championships go, I, for me it's it's number one for me. I'm, I just I just like lots of different elements about it. It's always played on the same course. Mm. That, that adds a lot of heritage to it, and you know you, you can you can remember the course year you know year in year out. Um, it, it, it's just an event. I just think the way it's covered, the heritage of it. The, you know the uh, the ceremony at the end, and it always seems to produce, apart from last year, some hot, some exciting finishes. Yeah, I think last year we all kind of agreed that it probably wasn't the most exciting last couple of days. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but hopefully this year, I think there's a lot more players that will be contending, and we'll get on to them in a second. But uh, 
What's your favorite moments? You talk about the history, the heritage of, of the event. Is there anything that stands out to you, like a favorite moment or shot? If I read this out to you, do you will you get guys get what I'm talk, what I'm actually talking about? Yeah, this this was the announcer as as, as this happened. Yeah, in your life, have you seen anything like that? Yeah, I know. Barry's going to have a go. I, I would say at podcast GTS ideas, but this isn't live. So, do, you, do you know uh, it? I have a feeling, but Barry, you, you no, go first. No, see if I know it. You go first. Well, I think, it, is it is it the Tiger Woods shot on 16? Yeah. 2006. Yeah. Brilliant. That, that was just amazing. Every time I look at that, I actually looked at it a few minutes ago. Every time I see that, it's just like, how the hell did that happen? It, sh- it shouldn't have fallen. I love the uh, where he kind of walks up after it. It's like, come on, come on, come on. He just wills it to drop into the hole, and then the the celebration is just oh, it's such emotion. It's it's an amazing, amazing I mean, moment. Bubba's amazing chip in that playoff a couple of years ago against Louis Oosthuizen was a good one as well. Yeah, yeah, the the forty or whatever the sixty yard hook or whatever he plays. Yeah, because I'm sure that if you were on Betfair Exchange at that point, Oosthuizen was probably one point one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that always gets me about that shot is the slope on the tenth green is so heavily from right to left as you're facing it, and his ball spun up the hill. It was yeah. just phenomenal. So, uh, aside from aside from the, the shots, have you had any? long shot bets that came through that you went now that's one that will stick in the memory for the rest of my life I've, I've never had a winner at uh, Augusta I have to hold my hands up but I seem to get um, I seem to get close every year last year I had Fowler uh, the year before that I had Day um, there's another one that I can't remember um, we've, had, we've had some very good alternative bets as well like top debutants at 16 to 1 I remember John Merrick a few years ago um, so yeah, I, I normally get players right in the mix. It seems to be the story of my life at the moment as well. Like last week, I had Scott Piercy for my sins. I was oh. at Casey, ended up with nothing. Um, but yes, um, um, in a way, this is such a specialised event, gentlemen. It's it's difficult not to get somebody that you get actually right into contention. Because it is, you know, when you look at you, when you look at what it takes to win the Masters, it's quite a very, diff, you know, quite a precise skill set is required, in my opinion. Well, just I suppose, just on that point, Steve, you, what do you think in terms of the attributes um, that that you'd be looking for, and what what you have been looking for on GolfBettingSystem.co.uk this week is the key attributes for for what will ultimately be the ultimate winner this week? Well, for me, um, you know, and I, and I see there, you know, we all have different opinions and people hark back to the good old days of Zach Johnson in 2007, blah, blah, blah. You know, short, plus short, you know, short guys can win around Augusta. But the fact of the matter is that because they, you know, they haven't done a huge renovation, but they kind of tweak it and, you know, all of the, all of the fairways are cut against the, against the grain to stop the big hitters, and you know, e- even the par fives. They're, they're very, they are reachable, but they're only reachable to you know to long aggressive golfers. So, so you know, if, you, if we're going to cut to the chase, what do you need to win around Augusta? Well, you've got to be 
you know, if you look at the numbers, you've got to be a, an average 295, even that's a bit short, 298, 299 ball, uh, uh, driver of the golf ball. Um, you've got to have a very high ball flight. So a, a flight, you know, that makes sense, doesn't it? So a, a, a ball flight that's high that you can stock in, on fast greens, yeah? Um, you've got to, it helps, um, it helps immensely if you can draw the golf ball. Yeah. That's, that's well known. Faders, you know, VJ Singh, they can win around here, but it's an advantage if you can move the ball from right to left, or if you're lefty, you know, uh, you, you, you can fade the ball if you're a left-hander. Um, the other thing for me is you've got to be very, very aggressive. You've got to, um, and it, it stacks up when you look at the statistics, you've got to be one of these guys that is prepared to go for the green. And it, that makes sense as well, because if you're a long hitter, and you're prepared to go for the green on your second shot, yeah, you can make birdies on those par fives. And that's always the key year in, year out. It's actually getting, you know, the odd eagle's really handy. But if you can birdie those par fives and hang on for grim death around the rest of the course, you're not going to be a million miles away. Mm-hmm. So, so Barry, Barry, you were looking at the course itself, the length, the features. You know, is there anything... You know, we've heard the kind of the attributes that Steve is thinking about in terms of the player. What about the course in terms of the way it's going to be set up? Is there anything there that the players, betters, betters need to be looking at this week? Yeah, well, when, we, when Steve was talking about going for the par fives and two, you're not going to hit them. You're not going to hit the green in two every time. So all of a sudden, you're left with um, facing mo- most of the time in Augusta a very tricky chip shot or an up and down to try and make your birdie. So. Um, you're going to need to bring a very decent short game this week um, with the wedges, and you're going to have to be very confident in how you strike that golf ball to control the spin on the golf ball around the greens and how you get the ball to the hole. And then, of course, you know you, you need to have the good flat stick with you this week. Um, you just, I think three-put avoidance might be a handy stat to look at this week. Um, it's... And, and look, I think if anybody goes through the week without a three-putt, they're an absolute hero. You know, I'd say most players would actually love to have Freddie Jacobson putting for them this week, you know, because he's he's one of the longest active uh, streaks on tour without a three-putt. But, uh, yeah, sh- short game. The short game and, and that kind of inside 10-foot range of putting is very important to me. So you're kind of looking at the scrambling stats, the, the, the three-putt avoidance, perhaps, mm. rather yeah. than maybe looking at the guys who are going to boom it down 3.20, you might be looking at the other side of the, the coin and looking at the guys mm-hmm. who will scramble and be able to get up and down and save pars and you know nick a birdie here and there. I think you need to have a lot of the aspects of your game clicking this week. I don't think you can rely on one particular area. I, if, if you're driving the ball phenomenally well, your scrambling still needs to be up in kind of the top 20-30% of the field. To, you know, you need to bring it all together. It's, it's not... Um, you can't just rely on one thing for, and that's that's historically just gone back a year after year after year. You need to you need to bring most of your game there to, to win. And we're we're gonna go through the field. Barry, spot on. The fact is, yeah, you've got you know you've got to be a long bomber who can scramble as well. And the thing I always read in lots of interviews with golfers, you know, that are talking about Augusta is, it's the kind of golf course that you can't push hard. It, it needs real patience. So what you've got to have is a game plan, and you'll have all, all, you know, the guys that go well around there have a game plan. They know what holes they've got to par, they know what holes they've got to push on, and they know what holes they can push on, and that's the key. If you get behind the eight ball and you're chasing the tournament, if you don't get a fast start, 
it's very, very difficult to catch up around here. But mm. Barry's absolutely right. And you look at Bubba last year. He, I think he was uh, top... I've got it here. He was uh, fifth in greens in regulation, but I think he was in the top five or six for scrambling. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, you've got to have your whole game firing. But for me, you've got to be a long and high hitter in the golf ball as well. Well, one of the things, that's the attributes that the players can bring. It's the way the course is going to be set up. But Steve, you were saying before we came on air, you were saying keep an eye for the weather this week. There, there, it doesn't look like it's going to be as pleasant and as sunny as it, it, it sometimes we always assume it is. You always, you always think of Augusta, don't you? Nice, sunny, mm. blue sky, fluffy clouds. You know, you think, oh, it's only April, how can it be so warm? But it's going to be warm this week, but it's going to be horribly, horribly humid. Mm. It, I don't know, it's a totally different golf course, and the conditions will be different, but it kind of almost reminds me of Valhalla last year. You remember when it was thunderstorms and real heat and, and, you know, and humid conditions because it was in Kentucky? If you look at the build-up to the tournament, the amount of rain that the course has had since the turn of the year is actually um, it's the uh, it's the, the lightest amount of precipitation I've seen building up, which would mean it would play extremely firm and extremely fast, which is exactly how they like it. Mm. But the last few days, and, and even this morning, they've had rain. Um, it's not huge amounts of rain, but it could you know it, it will soften the golf course. With you know they've got. They've got uh, sub-air systems across all the greens or whatever. But the forecast itself, that you know, there is thunderstorm of various chances, or thunderstorms, what do they call it out there? Electrical activity. Yeah, um, yeah. The, for the Thursday, the Friday, there's a chance of rain on the Saturday. There's even a chance of rain early on Sunday morning before the tournament, yeah, before the action actually starts. Mm. So, you think to yourself, okay, the greens... Will be, you know, they'll be more receptive than they want, but even so, they're still going to be quite fast because it's Augusta. But what it is going to do, and it, you know, this is obvious, it's going to make the course play even longer because there won't be nearly as much roll on the fairway. It, I mean, it could effectively be playing somewhere close to 8,000 yards with the, you know, the way they mow the grass from the green back towards the tee and then the soft with, with even less roll. You, you know this, Barry. You're, you're a key golfer, aren't you? You play bubble golf and I do. But at the end of the day, they quote seven four three five for this golf course, don't mm. they? But, you know, there's so many ups and downs and undulations. And the, the fact of the matter is, it plays close to 7-7 seven, seven in my mind. If it's going to be soft as well on the fairways, wow. You know, it's going to be a really tough test, in my mind, to get to those greens, yeah? Because mm. a lot of these guys are going to be going in with three irons and stuff like that. It's going to be very, very difficult if you haven't got length off the tee, in my opinion. You wonder, you wonder whether some of the pros will make kind of last-minute changes to put an, an extra hybrid or two in their bag because of the softening conditions, especially the guys who aren't as long as the, the big hitters, to try get that ball up in the air, floating a bit more and coming down softer than a three-iron or a four-iron. Yeah. You need to be careful of some of these, especially American forecasts, because they do like to throw out chance of a thunderstorm mm. and then... You know, when you get close to the actual uh, the actual action itself, they've all dissipated and disappeared. But you know, looking at the forecast, and I've kept very close to it the last 36 hours. Um, it looks at right now, uh, looking at Thursday, it looks like the action will actually stop at around about three o'clock because there's there's an 80 percent chance of thunderstorms for the rest of the day. So it looks like there's going to be uh, disruption, delays. Can I see a pattern as to 
is it going to help certain tea times as opposed to others? It, I think it's right here, right now, it's impossible to tell. Mm. But, you know, I, it looks undoubtedly like the, the course is going to play softer that's on the fairways than what they probably wanted to. I think this is a real test of the power of the committee at Augusta, if they can control the weather and make it go away and just, you know... Sunny days for four days. Yeah, I, I, I just, it's, it's very interesting, Steve, the way, the, the way you're talking about the weather, the, the softness of the course. Does that mean that ultimately this is a major? There's 96, 97 players turning up this week when you exclude the past champions, the amateurs, guys who aren't realistically. Is this the narrowest field of genuine contenders of any of the majors? Well, they say that in general, soft conditions, soft, see, this is it, we've got to be careful here. If we keep saying soft, people are going to start thinking about Redstone last week or Gold, yeah, Gold Club at Houston. They'll think about Bay Hill a few weeks ago. It's not going to be as soft as Valhalla last year. You know, that, that isn't going to happen. But it's certainly that the, the, the stimp on the greens won't be the 14 plus that we're used to, it looks like, yeah? Um, does it widen the amount of people that win it? Well, potentially. But at the end of the day, the other factor that I'm seeing for this week, and, and this is really something that's interesting, it isn't going to be blowing a hoolie, but if you actually look, especially on Friday, where there isn't going to be any thunderstorms in the afternoon, as supposed to be right now, but it could be blowing up to gusting up to 20 miles an hour, which around Augusta, mm. that, you know, I remember last year, wasn't it? It was the Friday afternoon where there was wind. It, like I said, it wasn't, you know, open championship wind. But it caused absolute havoc because it's such a difficult golf course anyway. And you throw a, you throw 15 mile an hour, 20 mile an hour wind swirling. It's difficult to know where it's coming from at Augusta because it's set so low. You know, it does cause a lot of trouble. So, you know, effectively we're talking here about rain, thunderstorms, and for the first two days, and even on Sunday, we're talking about quite, you know, quite a lot of breeze. So for me, it's, I'm looking more for course experience and I'm looking for players that know their way around the golf course. So that's the attributes. Barry's looked at the course and the conditions, the weather is done. It sounds to me like it's all pointing to the current favourite on the uh, on the betting stakes of Rory McIlroy is going to be putting on that green jacket and finishing the, the career Grand Slam on Sunday. Do you agree? He's certainly been nibbled at. I can see that on uh, on odds check at the moment. He's been nibbled out into eleven to two. You can still get six to one, but I, I wouldn't put anyone off backing Rory. You know, he's going for his Grand Slam. He's obviously clearly uh, a, a, a golfer that likes to play in softer, receptive green type conditions. But for me, if I'm looking at a five to one shot uh, and I'm looking at a golfer that needs to be on top of his game to win at Augusta. For me, Rory's kind of 95% at the moment. There's just something slightly missing about his game. If you look at the stats, it's, it's his putting that's letting him down. If he can find his putting and he can cut out some of those silly silly mistakes that are causing the odd bogey or two too many, yeah, he could probably win, he'll, he'll win the golf tournament, won't he? Because it's... Nah. He, 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 you know, he's the favourite for a reason. Bobby pointed out a fantastic stat about McElroy to me the other day. And he said, he heard this on the By the Minute Golf Podcast. And one of the guys on that said that there was only one year that McElroy's played the Masters 
that he hasn't had a 77er or worse as part of his four rounds. So um, that's, I mean, he just seems to have that catastrophic blow up within him at Augusta. Um, I think that's one of the things he needs to get past this week. He needs to turn that into a 72 or a 73 if he's going to yeah, contend. He got caught in the bad wind. Well, bad wind. It wasn't bad. He got caught in the windier conditions on the Friday afternoon. And yeah, he shot the 77, 78, mm. something like that. Now, at some point, he's going to have to play in conditions that he probably wouldn't want to play in. Because, you know, I know Rory can play in the wind. I don't want to upset people, but he isn't the very best wind players out there. And, you know, if he does whip up, and it, he needs to be on his metal, doesn't he? Especially if he's a, as short as five to one. Um, if, you, if you're looking at Rory McIlroy, and I wouldn't put you off him, um, two promotions this week worth mentioning to the listeners. 888 Sport, if you open up an account with them, they're giving, they're going triple odds on any player in the field. So at the moment he's 6 to 1, so effectively you're, you're generating an 18 to 1 price. Um, that money's also paid in real cash, so it's withdrawable as soon as the tournament ends. I know with Paddy Power they're running a 20 to 1 deal at the moment, but that's actually in free bets, so you don't, you can't withdraw the cash. There's also a golf betting system. Um, we've got an exclusive with Tote Sport. If you open up an account with Tote Sport, um, you can get five to one on Rory to finish in the top ten, and that includes all ties as well. Wow! Wow! Uh, and, you know, when he's five to one to win it with Sam James and Ben Victor at the moment, Tote Sport are offering uh, five to one on for him to finish in the top ten, and that includes all ties. That is that you can only get that deal through our website, golfbanksystem.co.uk. So come to the site, we're shouting it on all the previews, whatever. Mm. But yeah, two interesting uh, deals. I mean, the 888 Sport deal works for a lot of players, isn't it? Jordan Speed, Bubba Watson, all, all these guys that are short in the market. I don't know, if, I'll just clarify for your listeners 888 Sport, you can't bet each way. So for players that are short and, you know, you really fancy them on the nose, that deal is very, very strong. I know it's been popular already this week. Yeah, certainly with, with, with Rory, as, as I think quite a lot of people think that he's, he's going to be there or thereabouts, it's, it, to get three times the odds is, is great. If it's not going to be Rory, and I suppose just for the listener's sake, just run down the, the, the first few is Rory McElroy 11 to 2, Jordan Speed 10 to 1, Bubba Watson 10 to 1, Jason Day 12 to 1. And then Dusty Johnson is down at sixteen to one. Adam Scott eighteen to one, and Barry's favourite Henrik Stenson at twenty two to one, and Jimmy Walker at twenty two to one. If it's not Rory, what about Jordan Spieth, the man in form at the moment? Is is, is he where the the green jacket's going on Sunday? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a question. I'll, I'll, I'll reply your question with a question of my own. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand Jordan's. I do understand why he's done it, but I don't really understand his schedule and how he's played so much golf at the very top end of leaderboards, building up to Augusta. Yeah, do you get that? I mean, it's obviously Texas-based tournaments the last two, so I understand that. It just seems to me, yeah, it's not always someone that's in absolute white-hot form that gets the job done at Augusta. Yeah, yeah. I mean. A lot of the winners don't tend to do well in the in the very you know the two the week or the two weeks leading up to the tournament. Mm. He's he, uh, your good point. He's played eight of the last ten weeks. That's a lot. I mean, obviously he's you know capitalising on an amazing run of form. He's he's won once there. You know he's at second place the last two weeks, but 
you wonder whether you could actually just hit a little bit of burnout with the extra intensity of a major and you know the excitement of Augusta. And, you know, you might just run out of adrenaline. You, know, you might go three really good rounds and be right there in contention, and then maybe just fall away on Sunday. To, to put point last year, wasn't it? Well, I think that and maybe a little bit of that stands in experience last year as well. You know, in the heat of the hunt at Augusta, the back nine, the first time he's actually done it, and you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, it, he realizes where he actually is and goes, uh oh. Well, to play the counterpoint to that just for the moment, and I don't dispute, I think that you can see all these guys between them, and it's not just the four days they're playing at the mm. tournament, it's all the media stuff, it's all of the, the promotion stuff they have to do for their sponsors. So there's an awful lot goes on behind the scenes, including the practice rounds. But there's times I like to see a player who is right there, is in the heat of the battle, coming into a major, is ready, is game ready, and we're going to talk about Tiger in, in, in a minute, but you look at a guy who hasn't played for ages, I'd rather the guy who has been playing, has been contending, and is, is, is kind of match fit, so to speak, than necessarily somebody who's taken two or three weeks off to go off and... And practice on the range. Absolutely. I mean, I, nobody's going to go into this tournament I think with more confidence in their game than Jordan Spieth at the moment. The way he's playing. I was like, Patrick Reed, of course, will always have more confidence than the rest of the field combined. But, sure, like, I mean, I can't see Spieth not being in the top 10 with the way he's playing, barring, you know, a couple of quintuple bogeys from nowhere. Uh, I, I think he's going to be up there. Whether, yeah. he's, whether he's going to win, though, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing for each way backers, is it? And, you know, I've been pulling my hair out looking for, you know, we've, we've got some decent each way shots, um, some long shots on the website, which Paul Williams, my partner's pulled together. But you can't, you know, it's very difficult to look at this field and look at the way that players are playing and say, well, one of those each way spots is going to be Rory. One of those each way spots is going to be Jordan. You know, Jason Day's playing extremely well. There's, you know, Henrik Stenson. There's so many of the big names that are in such good nick at the moment. For each way punters, it's, it's, you know, a lot of those places are likely to be filled by players that are quite short in the market. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you, Barry. It's difficult, it's difficult not to see him being in the mix cup Sunday. Whether he's, I don't know, it's just, it's just a concern for me. He's played a, he's played a lot of golf at the, at the very highest end. And that mm. takes its toll. It takes its toll on any player, in my mind. Mm. I think maybe, maybe, he, maybe with youth on his side and being like 21 years old, you know, he might just breeze right through it, and we'll all just be looking like fools at the end of it. He he didn't want to play as well as he did last week. Did you read the interview? He said, "Oh, I'm going to. I'm, I don't like the golf course. I'm going there just to trim up a bit of fat off my game." Next thing you know, he's, he's leading after 54 holes. So he's like. You know, as James says, he's playing fantastic golf right now. Mm. In a way, I think he got to a, into a place he didn't actually want to be. Yeah, I, I, th- I think he probably has, has probably peaked probably in his own head maybe one or two weeks too early. He'd love to have been going in this week as kind of a few low top 10s or even just kind of top 15s, but just under the radar. We said last week that the Shell Houston is always the tournament that seems to be one that people want to put a bit of form into but not actually win it um, if, if we're not if we're the, 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 the finishing out the top three in terms of the betting is, is last year's Masters champion Bubba Watson a guy that we all know that can just tear up a course with the driver if it's, if it's accurate could he be one of the few players to put the jacket on himself um, what do you think Barry do you, is he kind of a guy that you're looking at this week 
It's been really interesting how quiet everything has been about Bubba in the last kind of three weeks since he withdrew from that tournament when um, a close childhood friend of his died. Everything has been, all the focus has switched to Rory and Tiger and it's funny how quiet things have been about Bubba and yet he's still there at 10 to 1 in the market. And I just wonder which Bubba will show up this week. Like, Will he be distracted by it or will he just be completely focused on winning it? Well, here, here's my question I suppose to Steve then. Could we actually deal with more Bubba tears come Sunday, or are we just over that at this stage? It's an interesting one with Bubba, isn't it? Uh, in, in one of the previews that I've written, uh, you know, will the world number one break? Uh, no, it's, it's basically Bubba to is you know consecutive green jackets. It's a difficult thing to do, isn't it? I don't think anyone's done it since Tiger Woods. Yeah, it's been only only been done three times. Tiger Woods was the last to do it. Nick Faldo, yeah. and if anybody knows the other? Nick Nicholas, 65-66, Nick Faldo, 89-90, Tiger Woods, 01-02. See, that's called prep there, Barry. That's, that's called prep. That's called speed Googling. <laughs> I saw Steve typing up. Searching out my interview, my piece on Google while you guys were talking. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I think my main concern with Bubba is the fact, and this goes, this goes against what we were just talking about with Jordan, I don't think he's had enough action because he hasn't played since Durrell. Yeah. If you look at winners, they've at least played something like Copperhead or Bay Hill in between. Four weeks off. Four weeks off is a, it's a long time without golf. And to, to go through the trauma of losing a child to a friend as well, is, is, that's a lot to deal with. And, you know, even Tiger in his pub, he'd always play Durant. He'd always play his favourite golf course of them all, Bay Hill. Hmm. I, just, I just think Bubba's had a little bit too much, you know, I think he'll be a little bit rusty, and I, I don't think his putter's firing as, as well as it was last year either. I think his putter last, his putting last year was really good, and he scrambled his first class. He just seems a little bit off to me, and the pressure of defending, I, I, I personally think it'll be too much for him. Well, the person I'm putting my neck out is Ricky Fowler. His, his, the last four majors, top top fives. To me, he's you know uh, he's down at uh, 30, 30 to one. He hasn't perhaps had the best start to the season, but he's the kind of guy who I think can turn up to Magnolia Lane and pick up uh, where he left off last year. I, I agree with that. I think I think Ricky has been quietly gearing his game towards the majors with Butch in the background, and you know, okay, yeah, he wants to go well in a couple of events along the way, but I think everything with Butch will be focused on going towards the majors. Even though it will only be his second win on tour, if he does go on and win, to win this week, I, he proved to us last year he has the, the mental fortitude to get himself in place. Now, if he just got that extra shot or two to actually get over the line and win the tournament, I, I think he's in with a great chance. Ricky Fowler for you, Stephen. I tipped him last year and he, 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 he delivered, I think, 66 to 1 or 70 to 1. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. But. Um, the thing with Ricky is, if you look at his course form, he's obviously won at Quail Hollow. Quail, Quail Hollow and, and, and Augusta, they just link together so closely, it's unbelievable. He's played well at Riviera, he's done well at Doral, he's done well at all of the track, he's obviously played well at Torrey Pines. Give him a long classical golf course, and Ricky Fowler plays his very best golf. Whether he's quite where he needs to be, I, I personally haven't tipped him up. But I can certainly see the logic behind why you would back it because I'm seeing him here as, as big as 40 to 1 this week. You, when we were talking to you earlier in the uh, season, before the season really started, you were 
may put your neck out on the line for somebody. And uh, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember who you backed? I do. I, t- I said Justin Rose and Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Are you still backing them today? I think, personally, I think um, I tipped up Phil last week. And for 36 holes, I thought, I, you know, it was one of the, uh, it was being a tipping genius. And then he's shooting 75, 71. For me, Phil is still, as I call it, leaking a bit too much oil. He's, 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 he's letting too many silly bogeys come on the card. Now, the softer conditions will help Phil. You know, we all know he's a, he's a soft golf course genius. You know, remember last year, Valhalla, soft as it, very, very soft. McElroy, Fowler, and, uh, and Mickelson and Stenson in a shootout, yeah? Yeah, they all four of those golfers like softer conditions. I just, for something's just slightly missing about Phil. I hope he, I hope he does win because I, I got him, I got on him at thirty-three to one a few weeks ago. Probably. So uh, I, I'll be cheering you on. Don't worry about that. But I don't know. There's, there's, there's something he just hasn't brought the package together. And for me, Phil's a momentum player. When he wins majors, like he did for the Open Championship a few years ago, he actually won the week before the Scottish Open. He's won this before, hasn't he? When he mm-hmm. won the week before, when they used to play at another course down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. He, he, he really is an explosive momentum player. And if he'd have actually held on and finished second or third last week, I'd probably be bigging him up. But he didn't. He went backwards when he was in contention. And that, that to me, were, that was worrying signs for, for me. I wonder, is this tournament, has, you know, has the Masters come a week or two too early for Phil? He seems to be trending in the right direction. You just wonder whether he can get it all together in the next, you know, couple of days. Hey, maybe he's gunning for that US Open that he wants. That's that would that would be my plan if I was Phil. You know, complete the complete the trophy cabinet. And he, he does like a West Coast uh, West Coast course, doesn't he? Obviously based out in California. Mm. Maybe, maybe he wants that US Open win. You've been uh, you've been quite quiet though about your other pick, uh, Justin Rose. Uh, should 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 the listeners uh, take that as a uh, sign to? He's struggling, isn't he, Justin? Mm. He really is struggling. Um, I, know, I noticed last week he, he played Redstone. I actually think he played Redstone for one reason, one reason only, because he would never normally play that golf tournament, but he played it just to try and find some kind of form. I'm just looking at my numbers here. He's actually. You know, this is very um, um, Justin Rose for me. He was actually 30th in GIR. Now, normally you'd expect Justin to be in the top five, top six, greens in regulation. He just seems to... They just... there's Again, it's like lefty. There's some, there's elements of his game that he's struggling with. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying he won't turn it around because he's far too good a player to do that. And again, long golf course, US Open styling. You could see him peaking in June for that. But right here, right now, on a golf course where you need to start fast, and we know Justin can be a bit of sluggish out of the blocks, no, I, 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 he, he hasn't he hasn't come forward like I, I thought he would do when we were speaking. Was it January? January? Yeah, January, February. I think he got, he got, unfortunately, he got hit with a wrist injury, and he, he's only, I think, just getting over that now, or back to full health, so he's he's just missed the build-up, and... Um, I, 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 I've, I've uh, faded him this week as well. It's not everything else, isn't it? If he's in serious contention in the majors later in the year, people will kind of forget about his sluggish start to the year. That's how it works. And some people, some players compete for it for, and for a myriad of reasons. And some players just haven't quite found the right mix at the moment. So for me, 
Justin at 40 to 1. I'm seeing no interest in him from the betting public. I just he's 33 to 1 with Paddy Power, six places. Mm. I just he, he's not right for me at the moment. And on to somebody who rhymes with Justin, Dustin Johnson. Where where do we think Dusty's gonna? What Dusty's gonna come up? Is it somebody who you know? One who has those couple of crazy brain farts on the golf course and, you know, has those couple of doubles that takes him out of it? Or, you know, will he actually realise the talent and get that major on his uh, on his CV? If you look at Dustin Johnson, um, you know, he's, he's obviously, he plays well, Riviera very well, that links in closely. Um, he's obviously won at Doral, he won at Doral a few weeks ago. He's, he's also had various different top quality results there. That kind of course form, uh, links in particularly well with Augusta, yeah, as we said earlier. But he's never ever got really close. I think he got did he? He was he leading after one, uh, after a couple of rounds a few years ago, and then he completely shot shot his bolt. The thing that amazes me with a guy like um, Dustin, who's a high GIR long bomber. If you look at the greens and regulation stats over the last four or five seasons, he doesn't appear in any of them. So that tends to suggest he's got either a fundamental problem with the golf course or you know, some other wacky reason why it just doesn't come together at Augusta. The weird thing is, you know, if you look at it on paper, you look at his course form, um, he can draw the golf ball. I know that primarily he probably prefers the fade, but he can draw the ball. If you look at everything on paper, he's prestigiously long. The other thing I did notice about him, and, and, and this goes back to what you were saying, Barry, at the start, at the, at the top of the show, he, he cannot seemingly scramble around here. So if he misses a green, he, 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 just, he struggles to get up and down. Mm. And that's always going to be a problem here. Well, I want to talk about a group of three players who are probably going to have that unfortunate tag of the best players not to win majors yet. Henrik Stenson, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia. Now, I know the man to my left right now is putting a lot of his hard-earned cash on Henrik Stenson. Um, I have my own views on that. Zero, Barry, yeah? Ten euro, or you maxed it up to 15? Uh, 17, then. 17 euros and 50 cents. And 50 cents, yeah. Uh, yeah, Henrik has taken up a... a a substantial proportion of my outlay on my master's bets. So, uh, I think it's all. I think all the factors are going to come together for Henrik. You know, he's another one of the golfers. On paper, everything is pretty right for Augusta, and you just you just kind of think he'd need a half a decent scrambling putting week to to get him right up the leaderboard and in contention. You know, he absolutely smashes the ball. He probably could get around Augusta without a driver because he hits that three wood so far. Yeah. He his golf balls come down with ice on them. There, you know, he hits it so high. So, look, I, I think, I think, I, I've, I think seen, I've seen, I've seen husbands talk about their wives on their wedding day with less love than you talk about Henrik Stenson. Yeah, I know, but like, I, I just, I think the, the flu last week might be a blessing in disguise, gives him a chance to rest up and just, you know, come in with a bit of focus. The, the close, the close miss in the tournament there, what was it two, three weeks ago? Was it, was it tactical flu? Oh god, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was it was it Jimmy Walker type flu? Because he, he got tactical flu as well. Tactical he, flu. He flew the way to Augusta. Played a few, oh, I can't now. Oh, I've got flu. Yeah. It might, it might have been the electricity in the air. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, maybe we'll. That's, that's, I like that tactical flu. <laughs> that's what Will Griffith has this week—a tactical <laughs> flu. And um, th- this is my take on Henrik Stenson. And then, Steve, you might give your 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 expert eye over this. A couple of weeks ago, he went from number one in putts uh, gained, strokes gained putting in the tournament. He missed out on. On Sunday, he went from the top of the, that stat to the very bottom of the stat. He was the worst in the field on the Sunday. My belief is that he may contend for the first couple of days. I just don't see him being able to hold that through. If he maybe is in top 15 come Sunday and there's no attention on him, he might just go out and play very nicely with very little TV coverage, very little everything, and just puts in a good number. But my fear is if he's anywhere near the leaderboard um, on Saturday night, he's just going to go to pot on, on Sunday. On, on the putting, not mm-hmm. in fairness, not the rest of the game, but you know, as we said earlier, putting is so critical around Augusta. I just, if he couldn't do it a few weeks ago, I just would fear what would happen around Augusta. Steve, break the break the deadlock here, Henrik Stenson. Well, I, I, I don't want to upset Barry. He's such a nice chap. <laughs> He's not really. That's that's all a front for the podcast listeners and for your, yeah, yourself, Steve. Tactical Skype face. Yeah, I tipped him up last year. Um, I tipped him up at Bay Hill a few weeks ago, win only, and um, he really, really upset me when he finished second. As James said, all of a sudden the putter was ice cold and I was throwing my iPad around the room. And um, I'm just looking at his skill sets here. If you look at him tee to green, he's perfect, isn't he? Like you said, Barry, he's absolutely perfect. And then I'm looking at him last year. He was third in scrambling, yeah, 50th in putting average. And then the year before that, he finished 18. He was 56th in scrambling, 43rd in putting average. The uh, year before that, I'm, I'm boring people, I know. For, uh, 13th in putting average. Uh, his greens in regulation, 24. So he was hitting quite a few greens. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 49th in scrambling. He just doesn't... At the, the thing I love about Henrik Stenson is if you give him a test that's very, very strategic, uh, very long, uh, and a course where you, you say to him, okay, he, he can, he can strategize that course and say, right, I'm gonna go for it here, I'm gonna make birdie here, I'm gonna, he's got that kind of experience, I'm gonna, I'm, no, these are par holes, and he, and he can, he can play a very strategic, I remember when he wanted, um, he won an earth course, didn't he, last year? You know, just the way he took that course apart with the strategy lends itself very well to Augusta. But at the moment, he just he doesn't seem to have found the, the mix to put everything together. Yeah, yeah. Now, whether that happens this year, I don't know. It could do because, you know, statistically, um, he, he's, he's close. He's very, very close. I'm just looking at his stats, you know. He's in the top 50 for going for greens. He's second in bogey avoidance. He, you know, bogey avoidance stats are fantastic. He's first in scoring average. 19th for birdie or better. Yeah, statistically, he's, he's top 15 for birdies or par fours, which is always handy around here. But he just, I don't know, maybe this is the year. It is, you know, he's Steve. He's long enough. He's high enough for yeah. his ball flight. Barry has lit enough candles Believe. in the local church for uh, for it to be his year. Believe in the Swedish. Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia. Any worth looking at either of those two, or is it just going to be a, a fun weekend for them? Let me finish with Henry. Do you think a lot of it is this pressure that a Swede's never won a major? I think that's a load of crap. 
I really, I mean, how how important can that be, really? You feel more pressure about him not having won a major than somebody from his country not having won it. I think I think that's I think that's just um, and, um, you know somebody uh, some writer just trumping up some fact about it that Swedes never won a major. I don't think that's that big an issue. Let, let's hope one of the officials doesn't put him on the club. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> the, the official might have a broken club speared through his gut. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Barry's uh, wedge as well, not Henry's. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I I hope he does, and I'd love to see him do it. I think he's got immense talent and. I ha- I'm just sitting here visualising Henrik getting the green jacket put on him by Bubba. Um, Sergio Garcia, um, I think I saw something, you know, you know there's so many trends about this golf tournament, it's frightening, there's about 500 different trends you can link it, but I saw something the other day, I think it was Dave Tindall or someone like that, that said um, he, he discounts him on the basis that no player has played so many times at Augusta and and not one or something like that. I just I, I find Sergio one of the most frustrating golfers and people to to back it. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't see it with Sergio. Who was the other player? Uh, Lee Westwood. Yeah, you can see Lee's another one. Isn't it? it just it's just not. He hasn't quite pulled all of the elements together. If you actually look at his putting, have you looked at his putting this year? His putting's a lot better. Mm. Uh, and then last week at Redstone, you think, well, actually, soft golf course, which they be normally bullies. Um, you know, he's going to get some real momentum going. And then all of a sudden, he's hitting lots of greens in regulation, and the putter goes stone cold. It's just, it, nothing's linked together. But you've got to say with Lee, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for a solid top 10 bet, or mm. potentially nicking an each-way spot, you know, you, you, you could look a lot a lot worse players than Lee Westwood. Mm. Especially if there's going to be tough conditions, because we know Lee plays well in the wind, he can play well in tough conditions. There's going to be hold-ups, there's going to be, you know, break-ups in play. Someone, getting on board someone like Lee, I'm seeing him here at uh, 40-1 to 1 with Paddy Power, or you can get him 50-1 to 1 with, with bookmakers that aren't, are only offering five each way. You know, I can, I can see worse bets than Lee Westwood. Well, maybe this is one, and Barry, you might give us your opinion on this, just looking at an Irish angle for, for 30 seconds here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Park Harrington obviously broke the duck a couple of months, a couple of tournaments ago, and got the win, so desperately needed. Uh, 80 to 1 at the moment, and uh, I suppose probably more interesting is uh, the first time that Shane Lowry is going to grace the, the hollowed grass of, of Augusta. Mm. Both, both of them, I've seen bits and pieces of, of the two of them on social media the last couple of days. Lowry's going there like a kid at Christmas because it's his first time there. He's got a wicked short game. He He's openly said he's going to try and figure out the golf course himself because he trusts his instincts and figuring it out. He's going to kind of stay away from the advice of people. So, look, I, I'm, we'd obviously love to see Shane go really well. It is difficult to do it first time, but he does have a great skill set for doing it there. He draws the ball. He's pretty long. He's got magic hands. I mean, such good hands that around the green that other pros will go watch him chip. So, I'd love to see him go well. Harrington is, you know, he's also like a kid at Christmas because he's back to Augusta when he thought he never would get there again. But he's also going there with the years of experience of playing there before. So, you know, I think he's he's on a free roll of sorts. You know, he just he didn't expect to get here, so I don't think there's any pressure on his shoulders. It's whether he can avoid the what's become the Padraig Harrington blow up for a few holes or a one round blow up that kind of kills him. 
that he avoided when he won there a few weeks back. So Well, he's either going to fly high or fly out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think so. But look, they're both really excited to be there and hopefully their performances kind of live up to their expectations and they go really well and they give us another angle to follow on uh, Sunday evening. I should have probably also added Gray McDowell and uh, Darren Clark, but... Uh, We'll, we'll move on he, beyond them. Actually, yeah. I have I have a one of the an alternate market bet on GMAC. I have backed GMAC. This is horrible to miss the cut at five to four. I think it's a golden price. He's a uh, he's just coming off an ankle injury. Been playing awful this year. He's like miss cut fifty six, miss cut withdraw. So and he he's he's openly admitted he has big problems with uh, Augusta. I I obviously won't ask Steve for you to give the Irish for uh, take because. Uh, You'd, you'd, you'd probably just annoy us with telling us how wonderful we are. But no, I was just looking. Top debutant, always an interesting market. Yeah? Top debutant, you know, Shane Lowry's thirteen to two with Paddy Power. You've got Brooks Coke, a favourite four to one. Brooks, who's popped a rib the last couple of weeks. Mm. So I'm not sure I'd be touching that. You know, I can remember um, Schnedeker a few years ago. He had rib problems, didn't he? And it took him quite a while to come back. Mm. You've got Brendan Todd at thirteen to two. Brendan Todd is a very short hitter of the golf ball. Shane Lowry, 32nd favourite. Yeah, that's a decent price from him. Nice, nice shout. I like that one. It's a, and it's an interesting market that people probably don't, um, wouldn't look at normally. So it might be, a, you know, something a yes. little bit different. Um, we've probably, we've probably gone as long as possible without mentioning his name. And I did it for a deliberate reason because I think there's, much better stories out there this week, but we couldn't, and we'd be remiss not to mention them. Steve, your take on on Tiger Woods? He's forty to one. Um, he's a man. Look, he, he clearly loves this course. He knows how to play it. He knows how to win there. Forty to one. Is that where the Phil's money should be going this week? Well, I, I'm seeing a sea of blue numbers on Tiger Woods when I'm looking at the odds checker at the moment. Yeah. People are bunting into Tiger Woods like it's going out of fashion. He's as short as 35 to 1 with Skybet. Um, there was a rumour going around that he shot 66, wasn't there, on Twitter yesterday. And but he, he could. Yeah. I, 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 for the life of me, can't see uh, even Tiger Woods um, <laughs> coming back and winning. Um, you know the 2015 Masters from the kind of trials and tribulations that the guy's been going through, where you know he can, he can barely chip. Um, yeah, on some of his favourite courses, he's, he's played a business like Torrey Pines. But um, I don't know. Maybe the bookmakers are putting some information out there about the fact that he's playing really well, and then people are having a nibble. But you know, I. Could you see him finishing in the top five or six each way? No. Could I see him winning? No. So that's that's my summary on Tiger Woods. <laughs> Short and sweet. I like it. Uh, I, I have a thing. We don't. You often, many we, things. We right? often don't view. No, no. We often don't view odds like this. I think, regardless of what Tiger's been through in the last few months, he is Tiger Woods. He's the greatest golfer we've ever known in our lifetime. I think if you run this tournament 40 times, he wins at once. I think that's that's a way we don't really look... Uh, that's a way I don't look at odds myself now, uh, you know, in that kind of approach. If you run this tournament 40 times, I think he wins at once. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's an interesting... Yeah. Steve, Steve's just gone off camera to have a laugh. <laughs> hey, 
I can't, you know, I'm quite mm. logical about that. Yeah. At the end of the day, you don't see Tiger Woods at 50 to 1 very often, do you? So if you, you know, if you fancy, um, fancy a, a bit of a, bit of a crack on him, have a go. I know, and then, you, you know, you see lots of people saying, how, how much is he to miss the cut? Mm. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to, uh, well, well, he looks at that. I'm going to ask a couple of, uh, just a few names and just a yes or no for, for, from, from you. Um, Victor de Buisson. When you say yes or no, do you mean to yeah, win yeah, or Yes, win? to have a nibble or no, I wouldn't touch. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Matsuyama. <laughs> the side. I came very, 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 he, he, he's been on my shortlist for weeks. He's, he's, his game is perfect. He loves big grass greens, attacking golfer. Um, he, he's a winning machine, as we know. Very high ball flight, goes for greens. The one thing I haven't seen in his armory that has put me off this week is his ability to play well in slightly windy type conditions where he's got to work the ball against a breeze or a, a, a gusting wind. I've got no data, and I keep an eye on this, to support the fact that he can do that. If the conditions were kind of typically Augusta, with low wind, I'd actually be tipping him up. But with the wind that I'm seeing in the forecast, I, I just don't quite see it happening for Matsu Armour. Jason D. Yeah. Adam Scott. Yeah. Matt Kuchar. No. Anybody, Barry, that you see on that list that, that you want to throw out there before we... No, but I think, I think it's time to... Kind of, we've gone through quite a lot of the, the high end of the, the list. I think it's time to have a, a quick scoot through some of the, the higher odds. I mean, we have... You know, Martin Keimer is in tired for awful form at the moment. He's 80 to 1, I think. He's probably... Can't, and he's never even cracked 70 at Augusta, so I think he's... He can't shape it the right way. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a no shake of the head. He's a shake of the head, no. Ankel Cabrera... Loves Augusta, but has had a little bit of trauma in the family recently with his son in a car crash. You never know what Ankel, what motivates him though. He just, if he has a good first round, he sticks around. He just, you know, the interest is up in the tournament. Um, Fred Couples, 200 to 1. <laughs> first round leader. Yes. Worth two euros. Definitely. Love that shout. Um, Luke Donald is 100 to 1. Too short. Too short a hitter. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally too short. <laughs> Jason Duffner got rid of the wife last week. Yeah. Rory did it a few years, a few last year. Wins the BMW. <laughs> I don't know. In, in all seriousness, Jason Duffner. Here's one for here's one for you guys and listeners. If you actually look at Jason and where he performs well, he's coming up to a patch in the year when he normally performs well. New Orleans, Colonial, TPC Four Seasons. If he's actually going to start practicing, yeah, and doing the kind of work that probably he should have been doing, you can actually see Duffner's form actually catching. Yeah, because we know he's a very, very good golf mm. golf player, Jason Duffner. But yeah, not this week. No. One one player that um, Chris from at No Laying Up has been talking about for a while is Chris Kirk, and he's 125 to one on Paddy Power. He draws the ball. He's been yeah. playing bloody awful recently, but he just snuck in a top twenty last week. I think if I if I remember correctly, he I, I, he might get it a couple of euro each way from me just because yeah, he, 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 top, he was top ten, wasn't he? Actually, he was top was ten. Ah, he yes. San Antonio, we pull up. 
that you might be throwing a, a little fun bet on? Paul, uh, Paul's pulled it together for us. The two guys, well, he actually fancied three, but the two that he's gone for, uh, Victor De Brisson, got a lot of characteristics that suit his face. And the other one he likes to look on, guy in a bit of hot form, Russell Henley. Oh, yeah. He's... Now, oh, I'll yes. tell you about Russell Henley, in my mind, and tell me if I'm wrong. Russell Henley, for me, is a young, Bram <laughs> he's, he's the spinning image of him, yeah, good shout. He, he plays exactly the same way. The thing with, and you know, Stenica's got some form around here, yeah? The thing that he's got an advantage over Bram is he can hit the ball about 10 or 15 yards longer off the tee. And he's also got a, a high ball flight. Mm. So you actually look at Henley, I think he was something serious like, um, Hundred to one. In last week, he was um, fourth in greens in regulation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, if he can bring that this week, and we know what an amazing putter he is, Henley could be one of those names that I can see really in the mix this week. He's a funny one. I, I've used him a few times in fantasy golf, and sometimes he just goes really hot one week, and then is just totally gone the next week. Which, That's the downer with him. I, yeah. I looked at his career on the PGA Tour, and he's never strung, never strung together two top tens in a row. So look, that that I think is not quite most of the field, but certainly probably the guys that we all think are are, are going to be contending. Some not so much. And I'm going to pin your colours to your mats here now, Steve. Where is your fantasy five euros going? And I want I want on the nose. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you first my near misses, yeah? Because mm-hmm. it's always my near misses that tend to do well, yeah? <laughs> last, last week, Russell Henley was the last one off the sheet. He, he came in with a nice each-way return where my guys went backwards in the final round. That just happened. But the, the guys that were came close to me on my shortlist were Matsuama, yeah, so bear that in mind, Louis Oosthausen. When you think of Louis... Mm. Yeah, he, he's a bit of a devil round this course. Very, very high greens in regulation. He was second, obviously, in that playoff to Bubba a few years ago. Mm. Um, he's actually been playing half reasonable when the putter lets him. Uh, I think he was sixth at Doral a few weeks ago. That, you know, you've got to be playing well to do that. And a tactical. He top 10 at Bay Hill. But the reason I haven't picked him is because I've looked at the draw. He's got, in my mind, a very, very bad group grouping. He's, he's, he's out there with some guy from um, Chile, some amateur, who'll probably be shooting 95. And he's also been pe- penned with Angel Cabrera, who, and this, I mean, this could work, couldn't it? If Angel starts to play well, he'll drag Louis with him. Mm. If Angel plays badly, I can't see Louis Oosthausen actually playing well enough on his own against two other partners that are struggling. So that's why I didn't go for Louis. But I tell you, uh, there's four players I've gone for, okay? If you were going to go for a win-only bet, and I was at, you absolutely kind of tied me to the mast. I am. It's Jason Day. Jason, Jason Day. Day. Yeah, I know it's not very exciting, but, you know, 
he, he works. The three other players that I'd also back, Adam Scott. I, I think Adam Scott is one of those players that can be very easily forgotten about, and then all of a sudden, wham, bam, Adam Scott's at the top of the leaderboard, and he's in real serious contention. And if you look at Adam Scott around Augusta, the place is made for him, yeah? He's hitting greens in regulation. I know he's had problems with a short putter. He still finished fifth at Doral, though, with, with a misfiring short putter. And, of course, he's gone back to the belly putter, hasn't he, this week, the long stick. And I think he's very pragmatic, Adam Scott. I don't. I think in his own mind, if he'd have thought to himself, "Well, I'm not playing well enough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going with the short stick," he would have done. But I think he knows that mm. actually, tee to green, he's playing very, very well at the moment, and he thinks he's got a shot at it. So I, I do like Adam Scott, Jimmy Walker. Yeah, you know, again, statistically, I mean, this this guy. But you were talking about uh, Ricky Fowler and Butch Harmon. If you look at a guy that also has been turned around by Butch Harmon, Jimmy Walker, five, five PGA Tour wins in, the, in less than 18 months. And these are on some serious golf courses in some seriously bad conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was top 10 here last year on debut. The stat that really got me, he was fourth in greens in regulation, which is what we're looking for. He's long, he's aggressive, he's, he, he, should, he, um, he can shoot the ball both ways, fade or a draw. Great putter. What more do you want to know? Jimmy Walker, yeah? Fantastic. I think he's got a real shot this this uh, this week. And the one at longer odds that I've gone for before uh, before you cut me off. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to remember who it is, which is a bit desperate. Um, I have gone for... I will get there in the end. Bernard Langer. Billy Horst. Billy Horschel. Oh, I've got a point each way, sixty-six to one. Billy Horschel. You can grab seventy to one if you fancy a bit of five places each way. You can grab seventy to one. Billy Horschel. He's, he's a, he, again long, high ball flight, very aggressive. And Billy Horschel is one of these players. When he, he's not, you know, we talked just a minute ago about Russell Henley can't string results together. Well, Billy Horschel can, as we saw at the end of last year. When he finds his greens in regulation game and the putter starts firing and the scrambling, he's a, he's a very dangerous player, Billy Horshaw. And if you look at his, uh, he was third, wasn't he, a fortnight ago at TP San Antonio. Yeah. Lots of greens in regulation. He was, I think he was one and a half strokes game putting and he was in the top five for scrambling. Now, if he, if he links that to Augusta and also he was second in greens in regulation last year on course debut. I think Billy Horshaw is a very, very interesting longer, longer price this week. Sorry, I, did, I didn't mean to try and interrupt you there. Billy Horshaw's now 70 to 1, Paddy Power, we're playing six places, so time to top up your bet, Steve. It is. Yeah. I like a bit of that. He's 66 to 1 with Betfair Sportsbook, who are actually going seven. Oh, um, lovely. So, so that's, that's who I've actually had a little bet with. But actually, if you look, he's, uh, let me just look here at Horshaw, I think. I think you can get 80 to 1 in place. Awesome. Yeah, 80 to 1 with Bet Fred or Bet Victor, five places each way. But uh, have you got, do you, what do you think to Billy Horshaw's game? Do you, I think he actually fits Augusta very well. He's one of those players that, similar to what you were saying earlier about Adam Scott, you could just wake up on Sunday and find that before you know where you are, he's right up in the top of the leaderboard and you'll be kicking yourself for, you know, overlooking him because it's so yeah. easy to. 
we all look at the odds and you kind of get to the 30s and 40s and 50s and then you're kind of looking at a lot of names and you're kind of getting a bit kind of and yeah. you, you miss Billy Horschel's name on it and you know even like I'm looking there at Charlie Hoffman 175 you know like you know there's players that are further down that field that you can make a strong case for that uh, you know as you say Victor de on there 80 to 1 as well there's, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in, in this field and uh, I, lo- I love that shout on Billy because, I mean, Billy kind of reminds well, he, he's, he's got guts, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah Showed at the end of last year. I, I think to myself, there's no way he's going to win at East Lake, you know, with all the pressure. And the guy was, the guy, once he gets in the, once he gets in the zone, he, could, he would have beaten anyone across those two golf tournaments. Yeah, I think once he gets that kind of enthusiasm and kind of adrenaline rush going and the happy golf, it's, it's like it's like kind of like a happy clown running unstoppably down a hill. He just the momentum is just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, and he just off he goes in his big octopus pants, and he could be there with a <laughs> with a green jacket on his shoulders come Sunday with the octopus pants. He was, he was 37th here last year. He was either 37th or 47th. It was something like that. But he was second in greens in regulation. And before the tournament, he was playing abysmally. You know, the putter, it was, you know, two, two putts on per average kind of stuff. Mm. But the putter's a lot warmer this year. And of course, he's, you know, he's won the Phoenix Cup. He won two PJ Tour events. You know, he should have been in the Ryder Cup, but obviously he wasn't because the cutoff system worked so that, you know, he was the hottest American going. Mm. But he's a high-class player, Billy Horshaw, and if he clicks this week, and he's a good win player, I think I think Billy Horshaw at uh, those kind of prices is a big, big shout this week. In, in, in terms of, you know, and just looking at the, this market and looking at other markets, you mentioned earlier the kind of the, the, the first guys, you know, the guys turning up for the first time market. Is there any other markets that you'd, you'd say to people, have a look at a few interesting ones there, you know, that... that to keep an eye on or a few bets that you've you've put down in other markets? I think um, top 20 is often a nice little uh, nice little bet. I think Ryan Palmer for a top 20 is a decent shout. Don't know the exact price, but he's probably getting, what, six or seven, maybe eight to one. I think Ryan Palmer's a very high-quality player. He's, he's had a tenth in the past. Um, whether, you know, has he got the mental fortitude to win? Probably not, but he was fifth at the PGA Championship last year. He likes softer conditions. He likes long golf courses. So Palmer fits. He draws the golf ball. Um, there's also an, an interesting market, top debutant, as we discussed. I know that Paul's tipping up. He hasn't gone for your man. Um, he's actually gone for Danny Willett at 10 to 1. Danny Willett's got a golf game that kind of suits Augusta. And also, if you fancy a bit of um, a bit of a novelty bet, do you, fancy, do you think there'll be a hole in one this year? Uh, not, not on the what was the third two hundred was it two hundred forty yards sixteen perhaps part three. Uh, Paul, Paul's done the analysis and he t- I think he tipped up a he tipped a hole in one last year and there was I think there were two maybe or one there was definitely one mm. he thinks there will be again this year um, I think it's ten to eleven that you can get a price on it um, eight 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 sport. That's a point. If, if if you have any money left after backing everybody we talked about on the show, there is a little even almost even money shot to try get some money back. Actually, another another one that's ten to eleven. We found the price for Tiger to miss the cut. So, yeah. um, but he, and he's like he's five four to five to make the cut. So you know, it's uh, flip a coin. Be, be honest with me, Jim. Do you think 
subjects. Would you like to see this to cut because you know you'll actually see other players, or would you like him to actually make the cut because it's the Masters and it gives it more credence? And you know, you know what I mean. I want the two extremes. I either want him to miss the cut or be in the top 20, so his, he's worthy of the coverage. His position in the field is worthy of the amount of camera time he gets. You know, you don't want to see him struggling away at 8 over, 9 over, 10 over throughout the weekend. Of course, the flip side of that is he could make the cut and he could be going out so early in the morning that by the coverage starts, he'll be off the course. So, uh, it might be totally irrelevant. I, I, I think, look. I, I think there's just an awful lot of great stories there. We've, we've spent the last hour talking about some quality golfers that deserve the coverage and deserve what they, they, they get. It, does it add to the game? I don't, look, to me, if he's there, great. If he's not, but I think you're right. I'd like him to compete if he's, mm. you know, but I just can't, my personal view is I just, it's either going to be an, an amazing week and return of which Disney will make a film about this wonderful occasion when Tiger came back from the trials and tribulations, or he'll be straight down Magnolia Lane after four holes because he'll twinge his back and he won't want to be there and he'll be back on, and we'll be spending the weekend looking at an empty car space in the driveway. <laughs> uh, I think you're spot on, Jake. It's absolutely spot on. Yeah. I think there are too many good storylines this week for it to be all Tiger, even though we're kind of reliant on the American coverage and there will be the inevitable car park spot, uh, camera interview or whatever. Come here, James, back to the Fantasy 5 Euro. Who's your money on for that one bet on the nose? Um, on, uh, right on the nose, the person that I'm going with is, sorry, um, and I, my laptop has now unfortunately died, so I have to go back here. Um, I was going Justin Johnson. I just think that there's something about him that he's he's been hanging around and for 16 to 1. I, I don't think on the nose I'm looking beyond the, the kind of the 22s, 25 to 1s. Um, there's better markets further down, which I'll be going each way. But I, I, I kind of, there's something about Dustin Johnson and talk about Tiger coming back and signing a Disney deal if he wins it. Talking about Dustin Johnson coming back after his, you know, sabbatical. It would be a hell of a story as well. Um, and I, th- I think he's had a long time and I think Dustin's attitude right now is he wants majors and he wants, he wants the big tournaments. Mm. And, uh, I think he focused. And you can see it the last number of weeks since, since he, you know, since the season started, there, there seems to be a slightly different Dustin Johnson. You know, he seems more focused. He seems like he's putting in the effort on the, on the range. And I think he's a kind of 16 to one that, that I might put my fiver on. That, that's your fan. That's your punch. Do you know what? For a golf tournament that is supposedly quite easy to narrow down the field on, you can make a case for a lot of guys this week. Other it's, than Nick Faldo, who's not here, which my fiver would have gone on, <laughs> but Nick isn't playing. It's it's scary how many guys you could almost convince yourself to back and put money on. Um, I I'm glad my most of my punting has been done this week, and I've kind of I need to almost block my own credit card from adding more funds to, to the account. It's all right, they did that for you, Barry. Obviously, it goes without saying if I, my fantasy five euro is Henrik Stenson. Uh, that's going on the yeah, nose. but that's not your fantasy five. That's your actual that's five, nice. your actual ten, and your actual fifteen. Was my so, actual uh, fantasy? Uh, my my other my other thoughts of the week. I have Jimmy Walker, um, and in the long odds, I have Keegan Bradley and Brandon Grace. I think Keegan Bradley's been showing a bit of form recently. He hits the balls into the stratosphere as well. 
So, um, look, I mean, after, other than that, I think it's just, if those all fail, you know, at the end of the day, I have the back nine in Augusta on a Sunday, which is always going to be great entertainment. So, uh, either way, I think I win this week. I think we've covered half the field, haven't we? I think we've covered more than half the field. The only person I don't think we, uh, was Ben Crane, uh, was the only one we didn't, uh, talk about. But, um, Steve, look, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. To me, I'll be sitting in my chair for the next, well, five days because I actually watched the, the, the Par 3 tournament as mm-hmm. well because uh, is there a market on the Par 3 tournament? There is year? and you just sit there praying <laughs> you just sit there praying any of your bets don't win the Par 3 tournament. Oh, well they'll shank one into the water on the ninth if they uh, if they do but um, Steve it's, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, Steve Manford the website is uh, golfbettingsystems.co.uk and the Twitter, Twitter handle is at Bamford Golf and also Paul's Twitter handle is at golf betting. And also, Steve, yeah. before we let you go, give a chance to tell the listeners about the Facebook competitions uh, we have going on the Golf Betting System Facebook page. Yeah, we've got a cracker at the moment. Um, it's our majors competition that we run every year. So uh, Bet365 have kindly given us, uh, I think it's £225 of free bets for the top three finishers. So all we need to know, and you can, you know, just come to Golf Bank System. There's all the really you know, rules and regulations, and now you can enter. You can you can enter on Twitter. You can enter on email. You can enter via our Facebook group as well. Um, all we need to know are four different players for the four major championships. So you can't you can't choose Rory McIlroy across all four. You've got to give four different players across the four majors. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting one. Um, and yes, every week on Facebook we run the Punters League as well, where you, you basically put your three players forward for the uh, a PGA Tour and the European Tour, and we give away Paddy Power free bets. It's just an, you know, the, the Facebook group, uh, it's coming up to about 2,500 golf mad punters now, so it's just constant 24-hour uh, a day talk about golf, football betting. There's, there's a lot of knowledgeable people on there that that uh, know actually how to make money out of golf betting. So, you know, if, if, you're, if some of your listeners are Facebook users and they want to come along, uh, it's a private group um, and we'll let them in and um, go for your gun. Well, that's that's great. Um, and I, I think I'll start thinking about who I'm going to put for the four down mm-hmm. because I haven't entered yet. So I'll, I'll get... You guys entered. You guys entered the uh, majors competition. Yeah? I, I have about 800 different fantasy golf competition things to do tomorrow. So that's that's one on the list to do. Yeah, I'm definitely look. I've been been looking forward to putting my entry into that. And I've been holding it off until the last possible minute to to absorb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the the last uh, the last time that people can put in is the first tee shot. Is it on Thursday? Is that the? So. It's literally when Arnold Palmer goes there and he's you know with his shoulder in a sling <laughs> and he hits that first tee shot. So that's that's when the competition closes. Yeah, perfect, very good. And that's that's four different winners for the four majors. Yeah. and uh, and you can get through on uh, and the easiest probably through golf betting systems. .co.uk and link through from there. Yeah, you can get to the Facebook page through there. We've got all the entry details on the website. Yeah, it's very clear. So, yeah, come along. Perfect. Well, I, I will get working on my four. Um, and that just leaves me to thank you again, Steve. It's it's an absolute pleasure. Your your knowledge knows no bounds. And uh, we couldn't do this to the level of, of detail without you. So uh, thanks a million for that. Get in contact with us at Podcast GTS. Get in contact with... Steve at 
Bamford Golf and uh, have a fabulous weekend watching the golf. It's going to be absolutely epic and we'll be uh, talking all about it next Tuesday. Bye-bye, man. Well, goodbye. Bye-bye.